Lord, everybody. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. And he said, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. But this is a special day today. It's Mother's Day. And uh, so I would just like to wish every mother out there happy Mother's Day. I want you to know that you are loved by God. Hallelujah. He even wrote a chapter in Proverbs all about you. And I'm just going to read it to you right now from the uh, Passion Translation. In Proverbs 31 and starting in verse 10. Who could ever find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor. She's full of wealth and wisdom. The price paid for her was greater than many jewels. Her husband has entrusted his heart to her, for she brings him the rich spoils of victory. All throughout her life, she brings him what is good and not evil. She stretches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. She gives out revelation truth to feed others. She's like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Even in the night season, she arises and sets food on the table for hungry ones in her house and for others. She sets her heart upon a field and takes it as her own. She labors there to plant the living vines. She wraps herself in strength and might and power in all her works. She tastes and experiences a better substance, and her shining light will not be extinguished. No matter how dark the night, she stretches out her hands to help the needy, and she lays hold of the wheels of government. She's known by her extravagant generosity to the poor. For she always reach her hand, reaches out her hands to those in need. She's not afraid of tribulation, for all her household is covered in the dual garments of righteousness and grace. Her clothing is beautifully knit together, a purple gown of exquisite linen. Her husband is famous and admired by all, sitting in the venerable judge of his people. Even her works of righteousness she does for the benefit of her enemies. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. Ha, ha, ha. Her teachings are filled with wisdom and kindness as loving instruction pours from her lips. She watches over the ways of her household and meets every need they have. Her sons and daughters arise in one accord to extol her virtues, and her husband rises to speak of her in glowing terms. There are many valiant and noble ones, but you have ascended above them all. Charm can be misleading and beauty is vain and so quickly fades, but this virtuous woman lives in the wonder, awe, and fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout eternity. So go ahead and give her the credit that is due. For she has become a radiant woman and all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. Wow. <laughs> That's what God says about you. So take it today. Put it on today and say, yes, that's who I am. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, at this time, we're going to take up an offering um, for the Lord. So if you want to just uh, look on the screen there, and it will give you instructions on how uh, to give electronically or however which way you want to give. Um, so uh, we'll just pray over that right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today. We thank you, Lord, as we come with our offering before you. It is holy. It is a holy thing, Father. And we lift it up to you, the first fruit of our increase, Father. We thank you, Lord, as we give today. We'll give and it is given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We thank you, Lord. We live in the overflow today. We thank you, Lord, because we're obedient to give. Uh, Lord, that you supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory. And we give cheerfully today, not because we have to give, Father. We give because we love you today, God. And we want to establish your kingdom, establish your covenant here in the earth, Father. So as we give, Father, we thank you, Lord, that uh, the blessing comes upon us. Lord, that you pour, open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we cannot contain in Jesus' name. And we thank you right now for, uh, for your giving and your faithfulness to this ministry, to New Covenant Ministries, and to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You know, when you give, you, you're building a memorial for your prayers. Thank you, Lord, like the centurion in Acts 10. He, 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 his alms and, uh, came up to build a memorial for his prayers. And so as you give every time, you know, pray over your offering. And because that's our heart, that's our part of the covenant. <laughs> oh, man, it's good to be involved in a covenant with God Almighty. And uh, he gave everything. He gave his only son, Jesus. Hallelujah. So that we could live and, and be forgiven and walk free of all the things involved with the curse. Because as we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that makes us the redeemed of the Lord. That makes us uh, out bought back from the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. That we were born into. Anybody that's born on this earth is born into the kingdom of darkness. And, um, and as we, you know, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, what a, out of the darkness and into the light. Oh, praise the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the light of God in our lives today. We thank you, Lord, that we are the redeemed of the Lord, and we say so. Thank you, God, that Jesus went to hell, and he destroyed the works of the enemy. Ha, 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 ha. The devil has been defeated. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, he might come and harass us from time to time. And he's, he's just a deceiver. He just tries to come and convince us that uh, whatever God did for us, it's not true. Ha, ha, ha. And it'll never work for you. Ha, ha, ha. Well, you know what? I can say ha, ha, ha on him because he's got, he's got a future as well. His future is in the lake of fire. And not only that, when Jesus went to hell and, he, and, and made a show of him openly, that he took back the authority that he had, that Adam and Eve had given him. He took it back and he gave it to us. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He gave authority over all the works of the enemy, all the works of the enemy, sickness, disease, lack, oppression. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's just something to shout about, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Because, you know, when that happened, when Jesus rose up from the grave, we rose with him. Huh? We did. We're living in resurrection life right now. Resurrection life. What is resurrection life? Thank you, Lord. That means that we are walking in the same uh, life that Jesus is walking in right now. We are overcomers and more than conquerors. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm sure some of you have have uh, encountered on your, in your Christian life, you've had some tests. Well, guess what? You overcame them. <laughs> One way or another, you overcame them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He has given us everything we need to overcome. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So if Jesus has overcome the world, he's given us that same ability and same power to overcome circumstances that we can become world changers just sitting in our own living room because he's given us authority authority hallelujah the word speaking the word over things as he did when the enemy when the devil came and tested him in the wilderness after john baptized him he was led out into the wilderness hallelujah hallelujah in one translation, it's in one of the Gospels, it said he was driven into the wilderness. And he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. So he didn't eat or drink. And, you know, the enemy came to, to torment him. He waited till the end when he came, when he knew he was at his weakest point. That's when the enemy comes, when you're at your weakest point. He waits, he sees, he's watching you, he's looking at you. And he comes to tempt you. And that's all he can do. That's all the devil can do is tempt you. You're the one to decide whether you're going to fall for what he says or not. You always have that choice. You can always say no. <laughs> say no. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. You just say no. I'm not going to do that. And follow through with your actions. Don't say no. And then go off and do whatever was put in your mind to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so we have, um, we're going to just go to Colossians 3 right now. And uh, verse 12. And it says, put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Wow. And then he says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body and be thankful. 
And let the word dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Well, you know, when I read that uh, chapter in uh, Proverbs chapter 31, you know, if you were a, a mother or a wife, you might have thought, well, <laughs> I could never live up to those standards. Well, you know, it's hard for us to live up to the standards that are in this book on our own. We can look at it. We can look at 1 Corinthians, um, you know, 13, when it talks about, you know, uh, love is patient and kind and never envious, never boils over with jealousy, et cetera, et cetera. And say, well, how, I can't walk in that kind of love. Well, you know, in Romans 5, it says the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart. So that love has already been shed abroad in your heart. And he has put things in this word that as you, he said, let this, let, let the word of Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, live in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Well, I don't see that happening very much. I don't see people admonishing one another. They're more critical of each other than, than admonishing one another, building other people up, honoring one another. Thank you, Lord. And, and as to let that word, the, this word, this word of God, this is the word of God. And it says in John in the first chapter that God and his word are one. So as you let this word, as you take this word and you meditate on it and you, and you call it out and you speak it out and you live in it, you allow it to rule your heart it says, let the peace of God rule your heart and mind. Well, see, the peace of God comes from this word. This word. <laughs> it's the most important thing in your life. Glory to God. Whereas somebody, if somebody came and took my Bible from me today and said, you're not going to have a Bible anymore. There's no more Bibles. And they took it and burned them all, put them all in a heap and burned it. Well, huh, they can't take the word of God from me if it's in my heart. If it's living, if it's alive in me, if I know who God is. See, God tells us who he is in this word. And, you know, if you uh, turn over in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, and we talk about Ephesians a lot in this church, <laughs> you might have noticed. This, this is a chapter, Ephesians is a chapter, is a book in the Bible that you can feed on. And it will build you up to the place where you know who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you feed on this word, if you feed on Ephesians chapter 1, hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, it tells us that, that, uh, that we are blessed. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's not just a few. That's all. <laughs> but see, if you don't know what spiritual blessings are, what are the spiritual blessings? Well, the spiritual blessings are everything that he's given us. Everything that Christ went to the cross for. Because we have a covenant. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
So everything, he went, you know, he, he took our sickness, that we wouldn't have to walk in sickness, that we could walk in divine health. By his stripes, we are healed and made whole. It's like, well, I'm sick, so, you know, what's wrong with that? You know, I've said that a few times, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed and made whole. Well, say it a few more times. Say it till you're, you're healed and whole and it's manifested. Don't stop because it, you feel, and see, once you do it a few times and it's not working, then you get into that doubt, non-belief. Oh, well, God doesn't love me. This word doesn't work. You dishonor God and you dishonor his word by not walking in faith. Anything that is not a faith is sin. Now, that sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? Well, that's what the word says. See, faith is the currency of heaven. We have to learn to walk by faith. Well, what is faith? Well, you know, it's calling those things that are not as though they are. Just like it says in Romans chapter 4, it says, you know, when Abraham, when he changed, talks about Abraham having his name changed from Abram to Abraham. Abram, Abraham means father of many nations. And so when God was talking to Abraham, he was calling him father of many nations. He was calling those, because at that time there was no, there were no many nations. There was nobody. He didn't even have a son or anybody to continue on his line. So he was calling those things that be not as though they are. And then at a hundred years old, his wife, Sarah, has a baby. Ha! Huh. And that's what he called. They called out that baby. Was, and, and Isaac, you know, um, birthed Jacob. And Jacob was the head of all of the tribes of Judah. To this day. And all the nations that are involved. The 12 nations. And so that was an example to us of how we are to live by faith. See, Jesus hadn't even been born then, so Abraham couldn't have been saved. He was saved by faith. And it had nothing to do with the Son of God, but he was saved. He had faith by right righteousness by faith. And he kept calling himself the father of many nations. You know, call me Abraham. Call me Abraham. I am the father of many nations. So you see, faith is, it's, you don't see, once you see it, you don't have to have faith anymore. But when you're calling for it, if you have sickness in your body, you're calling for health. Health come to be now. It was provided by grace on the cross. So you have every right to call for health. Health is part of your covenant. Prosperity. Come to me now, prosperity, by the grace of the covenant. You see, you have to have faith in the covenant that Jesus obtained for us. And then Jesus obtained it. He gave his life for it. He was whipped and beaten for it. But you know what? It says, let's, let's go to... Um, Galatians 2. Galatians 2. I'm going to read it out of the um, Passion Translation. 
220. You see, he says, we've been, in, in, in King James, it says, um, we have been crucified with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. But here it says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. So when you, you became a Christian, it's like you went to the cross and became crucified with Christ. And we, and we, uh, we show that in our water baptism, when we water, in water baptism, when we go under the water, that's a type of crucifixion, dying to ourselves, our old identity. It says um, in, uh, in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 that um, I am a new creation. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, is a new creature, a new species. <laughs> And at that time, that's when you're crucified with Christ. You, you're, you give up your old life. And then you're in the water baptism. You're buried. You go under the water and you come up with resurrection life. The same resurrection life that raised Christ from the dead. And that now as you come up from the water or even as you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're living in a resurrected life. Hallelujah. With everything, everything is available to you from the covenant in that resurrection life. You've been translated out of the darkness and into the light. And so in, in verse 20, again, in Galatians, the tra Passion Translation, my old identity has been crucified with Christ and no longer lives. Ha! The old person you were before you accepted Jesus, no longer lives say that with me no longer lives and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me hallelujah hallelujah he's living his christ is in you <laughs> He is your new life. He said that life is no longer mine for the anointed one lives his life through me. And we live in union as one. We become one with Christ. As we say, Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and be my savior. At that point, you become one with Christ. We live in union as one. Every time you take communion, communion is another example of, it says, remember me when you take communion. Remember that Jesus died and that uh, went to the cross so that you could live and that Christ could live in you. And when you take communion, you, you eat his body and drink his blood. Those are the symbols of the, of the bread and the wine or the cracker and the juice, or whatever you use. <laughs> that example, that, that rep represents Jesus, his body and his blood. So you take it into you. You take it into your mouth. And as you do it, you, you remember. 
that Jesus went to the cross, that he bought you back, that he, that he, that he, he established a covenant with you. And in that covenant is health and prosperity and everything that you need, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, everything that you need to live on this earth and to succeed. Ha, 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 ha. So we're not doing this on our own, people. We're not doing this on our own. And everything that the word says that Jesus is, you are. And he said, we will do greater works. He told us when he went, when he ascended into heaven, he said, you're going to do greater works. And the body of Christ, where we are, what is uh, the body, the body. <laughs> Jesus is the head. We are the body of Christ. So we get our, we get, we are, we are, he's, he's the vine and we're the branch. You know, we get everything from him because he's alive in us and we allow him to live. He lives in us. He lives in us. Thank you, Lord. And so now my new life is empowered by the faith of the son of God who loves me so much. He gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. <laughs> Woohoo! Now that's pretty supernatural. You know, you're going to say, oh, well, nothing supernatural ever happens to me. Well, my goodness, <laughs> how much more supernatural do you want than the, the, the whole, you know, the, the uh, God Almighty, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living in you? Huh? See, it's there. But in order to release it, we have to yield to it. We have to yield to the power of God. Thank you, Lord. So in verse 21, it says, that is why I don't view God's grace as something peripheral or just on the surface. For if keeping the law could release God's righteousness to us, then Christ would have died for nothing. Well, see, that's the other thing. Jesus is the righteousness of God. And he took our sin on the cross. He took it. And he gave us his righteousness. Hallelujah. His righteousness. So we could stand. We could stand in right standing with God. We could come boldly into the, into the throne room of God and stand there. And we could just go there and just have fellowship. We don't have to just come into the throne room of God when we're in need or we need something, have something going on in our lives that we need to overcome. It's like, you know, your own kids, if they just come to you when they need something, well, that run, that, that you know, gets kind of old, huh? That, that rubs thin after a while. You want, to sh you, want, you want them to show you some appreciation or not that you have to have it, but when they do, when your kids show you appreciation or love and whatever, even if you've done nothing for them, and that's the best time when they just come, when I get an I love you from my daughters or my sons for nothing at all, <laughs> my heart gets so big, full of love, I'd do anything for them. 
I would. I'd do anything for them because they show me that love and that honor and respect. And you know what? Sometimes we take God for granted or we take it for granted that he is actually alive on the inside of us, that his life is now in us. He lives and dwells. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let God, let Jesus, let the Holy Spirit dwell in you richly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. See, if I did not, if I just uh, came up to you and I never met you before and, and uh, I didn't speak to you and I just kind of stood there, you would know nothing about me. You wouldn't know who I was, how I thought, you know, you wouldn't know anything. But if I started talking to you and telling you a little bit about myself or asking you questions about yourself and we started a relationship, <laughs> or maybe even you could call it a fellowship, then, then we would get to know each other. Well, see, God is the same. How I don't know how people who don't ever read the Word or study the Word or meditate on the Word, how they know God. It's like if you look around in the world today, unless you, and even as Christians, even as the body of Christ, you know, the Word of God always seems to be the last place you want to go. Oh, I'm supposed to read my Bible today. No, you, you see, you gotta, you got to work up an appetite. <laughs> you got to work up an appetite. You say, well, how do you do that? Well, you had an appetite at one point when you were fed up with living in this world the way that it was. And you wanted to change. You wanted to be a better person or... You were just tired of all the, you know, things in, in the world. This year I've been saved for 38 years. And it just seems like a moment. I can still remember the moment. I can still remember the feeling that I had when, when Christ came into my heart. And that, that, uh, Verse in 1 Corinthians 5.17, or 2 Corinthians 5.17, when you know, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation, old things have passed away. That was the first scripture I ever learned. I was invited to go to a church, and it was I think it was Mother's Day, actually. <laughs> and they gave everybody a verse to read. It was a bunch of women up on the stage, and that was my verse. And you know what? When I read that, it was like, it was the cry of my heart. Because I, I didn't want to be who I was in the world. I had something in me that God put something in me to be dissatisfied with being in the world. Oh, yes, I could go and I could have fun and I could do this and that. But it was so empty. And. <laughs> and then my three-year-old daughter, I just moved into a place, new town, went up the street and became friends with uh, another little girl. And her parents were Christians. 
And they right away started praying for me. And through the relationship of the kids, I got involved with, with the mother. And, you know, and then she started talking to me. And, uh, you know, I mean, she wasn't a Bible thumper. She didn't push it down my throat. She just talked to me, you know. And, and then, then that day when I went to, the, went to this church and I had that, you know, I wanted to be like her <laughs> because she was, she was nice. She was loving and kind and all the good things, you know. <laughs> and you were feeling just like my, my husband says, sin on a stick. And you were thinking, well, you know. I could never be so good. I'd like to be that good, but, and when I got that verse, it's like anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Well, that was so real to me at that point in time. Oh my goodness. I, it was like, it was too good to be true. <laughs> but I found out that it was. I found out that it was. Now, um, I wasn't a drug addict or an alcoholic or anything like that. I was just without Christ in my life. <laughs> That's all a sinner is, is someone without Jesus in their life. And some of those people are good people. People might have looked at me and said, oh, you know, she's a good person. But you know what? I had no joy. I had no peace. But at the very moment that I said, Jesus, come into my heart. Fear left me. Fear, actually fear of dying left me. I was afraid to die because I didn't know what happened. But you know what? Instant, it was like instantly I knew. I don't have to be afraid anymore. And, and, and it felt like a big heavy weight had just taken up, been taken off my shoulders. And that peace <laughs> and joy has carried me through. I mean, this is 38 years. And uh, it's just every day is even better and better. And even, and I'm sure like uh, things are, you know, coming to a close in this earth. I mean, I don't know, it could be 10 years, it could be 50 years, but I know, well, for me, it's getting closer to the end. Because <laughs> maybe I'm a little older than some of you out there. But you know what? I just feel the love of God in my heart. I feel, I feel at peace. And yeah, sometimes I have to struggle and get myself back on the road, you know, <laughs> because thoughts will come. The enemy, you know, who is the great deceiver, he, uh, he will come and put thoughts into your mind, you know, yeah, you're getting older now, you know, and I say, I'm living forever because <laughs> that's one of the benefits of having Jesus in your life, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, gives you eternal life with God. Now, there will be eternal life for everybody. And there is a hell. And God did not make hell for, for people. But people can choose from this life. People can choose where they want to go. If they want to spend eternity with God or eternity in hell. And, I, and it's no party. It's no party. But with eternal life with God forever and ever, well, I mean, I know that, you know, there's a millennium coming up for a thousand years that we are going to be ruling and reigning with God 
with Jesus. When he comes back, we'll be coming with him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. But you know, he made it so that when we accepted him as Lord and Savior, we stepped into eternal life at that moment. So that eternal life is like a resurrection life. If we were, we were uh, crucified with Christ, buried with him, and we rose with him, that's eternal life. When we rose with him, we entered into eternal life, resurrection life. Ha-ha! So there's no end now. Yes, I mean, my body, you know, my body's getting older. My outer man is, you know, is getting older, and it will decay, and one day it'll die. But my inner man is growing, renewing, getting renewed day by day, day by day. And I feel in these last days that, like, even now, like, heaven is closer to earth. And you can experience the joy and the love and the peace and everything that God has for you. And you can say, well, I am a Christian. I did accept Jesus, but I, I don't feel that peace. Well, because you need to have your mind renewed. <laughs> and I've spoken on that many times. Renewing your mind at the way that you think with the word of God. Let the word dwell in you richly in all wisdom. It has to become alive in you. And you don't just read the Bible. This is a living word, a living word. This is like, you know, uh, in, the, in the womb, a baby is attached to a placenta and it gets its nourishment from the mother. Well, this is our placenta with God and all the nourishment is coming from, from, from him into us. You know that even when a baby is in, a war, in the womb, that it can, if, a, if the mother is going through traumatic experiences or, you know, there's a lot of fear in her life, that baby will be born, will have to fight fear. I know we all have to fight fear on different levels, but sometimes, you know, there are things, even from, you know, what you eat and what you drink and everything will affect the baby in the womb. But if the mother is in tune with God, then that placenta is going to be full of godly things that are coming through, peace and joy, and all those things that are in Christ, in us, in God, are in us. He placed them in us when we got born again. You just go, well, I don't, I don't have much patience, and oh, I'm depressed all the time. And, but do you know what? It doesn't matter. That joy is still in you. And that patience is there for you to choose every time you come up to a situation. So we have to practice. We have to practice these things that God has given us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and over in Philippians 2, 13, it says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Well, you know, that's what God, he's in here and he wants to do his will and his good pleasure. That's how he wants to move and operate through us. 
That's how we can go about doing good and healing all the oppressed of the devil, just like Jesus did. Because God lives in us. Jesus lives in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We were empowered by the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses on this earth. Baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You speak in tongues and you edify yourself. You speak in tongues and 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 your understanding becomes enlightened. You speak in tongues and you read the word and you understand it. It's all in there. It's all in there. You just have to let it. You have to yield to it. Yielding. That's our job is yielding and, and laboring to enter into his peace. If you don't have peace, I mean, there's thousands of scriptures in here that will bring you into that place of peace. <clears throat> let the peace of God. Rule your heart and rule your mind. Okay, so here's some other uh, translations of that Philippians 2.13. God is the one who is constantly putting forth his energy in you, both the form of your being desirous of and your doing his good pleasure. See, he's, he's putting it in you, his energy in you both in the form of your being desirous and of your doing his good pleasure. Of you, of you doing his will. He's in you. He's putting forth his energy in you. So, so if you know that and a situation comes up where you have to make a choice, you know, do I, do I, do I go off the deep end over here and get mad and angry and, you know, hurt somebody? Or do I just let the peace of God over here that's already on the inside of me rule my heart and rule my mind? Just take three seconds and make a decision. (laughs) Bounce the ball, and before it comes up to you again, make a decision. That's how much time it takes to make the right decision. You always have a a time for a decision. Even if it's just to say, Jesus. Help me. I'm sure many of you have used that prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's another one in Berkeley. For God, the energizer within you, so as to will and to work for his delight. Woo! He's working for his delight. He just loves it. When you turn to him, he loves it. When you say, God, I just can't handle this by myself. Hey, you know what that is? Humility. That's saying, I can't do this. Well, he doesn't want you to. (laughs) He's in you so that he can. So let him. It is God himself whose power creates within you the desire to do his gracious will and also brings about the accomplishment of the desire. Yeah, come on. He is the performer in you. He's the performer of his word in you. But see, we think, we forget. We forget that he's there. 
How would you like it if someone forgot you were there? Like you, you weren't even there. And he's there on the inside wanting, wanting to achieve this. Hallelujah. That's his desire, his desire. It is God who is all the while supplying the impulse, giving you the power to resolve the strength to perform and the execution of his good pleasure. Supplying the impulse, giving you the power. So you got to rely on that power to resolve the strength to perform. That means the carrying of it out. Yes, there is something that you have to do because you're his hands and his feet and his mouth. So it may be that you have to say the right words. So that's your performing is hearing his voice and hearing what he's telling you to do. His instructions are not like Ikea instructions. <laughs> They're very concise and very plain. If you follow them, then you, then you, do the execu you execute his good pleasure. Barclay translation, for it is God who's at work in you to put into you the will to desire and the power to achieve what his purpose has planned for you. See, right from the beginning, before the foundation of the earth, Jesus had a plan. When you were being knit together in your mother's womb, there was a plan for you. And all we have to do is to find out what it is. You say, how do you do that? Well, it's in his word. Follow his commandments. Do what he says. Love God. Love God. Acknowledge God. Acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ. And you get and you practice. Will you ever make a mistake? Of course. Have I ever made a mistake? Lots. <laughs> and sometimes I've learned from them. Sometimes I'll do it again. But I'll keep going. I'll say, Father, forgive me. And he's quick to forgive and he's quick to forget. But I know when I mess up. So if I know when I mess up and I go to him, that's when you go to the throne room of grace, to receive grace, to receive mercy in a time of need. See, God's mercy never runs out. No matter how many times you mess up. I mean, he has an expectation that, you know, sooner or later you're going to get it and you're going to do it right. <laughs> Most of the really th the thing that we have to do with getting right is leaning into him, allowing him, <laughs> allowing him to move through you and to work through you. And here's another one. Is really... God who works in you so that you are not only willing, but also able to carry out his loving purposes. You see, he makes you willing so that you are not only willing, but also able. You're willing and able. 
just like he's willing and able. So just relying on God, relying on him and coming to know him. See, here he is right here. He said, he is the great I am. He's everything you need him to be whenever you need him to be it. Hallelujah. He's your healer. He's your provider. Hallelujah. He's your peace and your joy. He's your righteousness. He forgives. He's a forgiver. Thank you, Lord. When Jesus looked down from the cross, I mean, he looked down from the cross at the very people who, who just crucified him. And we have no, we have no idea. I don't know if there was any man who survived the beating that he survived. Took as much as he did. I don't know if another man is alive that did that. Because he took the beating before he went to the cross and they still nailed him to the cross and he was still on the cross and able to look down and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, he wants us to forgive like that too. Unconditional, like forgive. If you don't forgive, it eats at you on the inside. When you hold something against somebody, it doesn't matter, even just a small thing. Even if it's a small thing, then the next time there's another bigger thing and a bigger thing, and then in the end, you're so bitter, and the root of bitterness kills you, causes disease to come into you. Unforgiveness opens the door to disease and sickness. So God, you know, he said, you know, let the peace of God rule your heart and mind. Let's turn over to uh, Philippians, uh, turn the page to Philippians 4. And it says, okay, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Huh. Joy. If the devil can't steal your joy, he can't get your stuff. That's the truth. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Ha. Huh. So this is, you know, right, he's writing to the Philippians. <laughs> he's saying the Lord is at hand. That was like 2,000 years ago. So if he was at hand there, he was really at hand right now. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Put God in remembrance of his word. Hallelujah. And then when you do, when you're saying, you know, everything by prayer, the prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, the thanksgiving is, yes, God, I know you're going to answer this prayer. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, having that peace is a, is a guard to protect you. 
But when you give an over, it says, you know, be careful for nothing. Take all of your care and cast it on the Lord. Don't take it back. Because if you start to care about it, you start to think about it, and you start to try to do something about it, well, guess what? You're taking it back. Don't let your thought life touch it. Once you give it to the Lord, just let God take it, let him handle it. And if you have it coming back to you, just say, no, God, I'm, I'm careful for nothing. I don't care if you got to say it every 10 minutes. No, I'm careful for nothing, Lord. I've already made my supplication, and I'm thanking you, Lord. I'm thanking you that you're answering this prayer, so I'm not going to think about it anymore. <laughs> Okay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're telling me I need to stop now. But anyway, that's what we need is that peace which passes understanding, keeping our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things which you have heard, both learned and received, and heard and seen in me, do. See, we have to be doers of the word. You can hear the word, but if you don't do it, it's not coming alive in you. And the God of peace shall be with you. So that's how you get your peace. You put this in you. You put the word of God in you. Thank you, Lord. And you, you rejoice in the Lord. And you pray in the spirit. Pray without ceasing. And be thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So we thank you, Lord, today. As we close, Lord, that your word is working mightily in us. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what we see or how we feel, Lord, your word is working mightily in me. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As we go forth today, God, that, that we are hearing your voice. We hear your voice and another we will not follow. We thank you, Lord, that you cause us to be overcomers and more than conquerors, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are the redeemed of the Lord, and we say so, that you brought us out of darkness into your glorious light, and that we walk in the light of your word. We thank you, Lord. It says in Psalms, Lord, that those that love your word will not sin against you. We hide your word in our heart that we will not sin against you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we can lean on you, that bring, bring your love and your joy and your peace and everything that you've, you did at Calvary, Lord, and you downloaded on the inside of us. Help us, Lord, to bring that up. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say it. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.